Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Turn backward. With Rick and Rick and Will and Zemma. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Hello, welcome to another episode of Ten Backwards, the Star Trek discussion podcast from the UK. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Rick Everson, and to my left is another Rick, Rick Palmer. Hello. To my right is a non-Rick, Gemma Turland. Oh, hello. And then further round to my right, or longer round to my left, is Will Turland. Hello. Uh Tonight we're going to be talking about the episode Damage from Series 3 of Enterprise. Um, this is kind of an interesting one because it was picked out of the middle of a very ongoing connected storyline, namely the Series 3 Zindi arc. Um, and so it's kind of like, it very much continues on from its previous episode and leads into the next. So it's a bit of an odd one to pick out in isolation. But it's one that's, I picked this because it's always stuck with me that... Um, the things that Archer does in this episode don't always sit well with me. Um, essentially, he turns pirate and steals equipment that he needs from another ship. A ship that, in fact, um, is in a not as bad a position as Enterprise, but not in a great position. They are weakened, yeah. they are suffering their own problems, and they've done no wrong to Enterprise. Yeah. But then he decides to launch an attack and steal a warp coil, which effectively strands them three years from their own home Mm -hmm. in a very tenuous position Um, so I thought it would be great to have a bit of discussion about the the ins and outs of Archer's decision, the morality and also a little bit of a talk about maybe captains gone rogue or gone bad in in Star Trek in general and have a look at how their decision making compares to Archer's Hmm. so um, yeah, I think that's what we're going to do yeah, Mm -hmm. excellent it's, like you say it's it's quite jarring watching this episode out of sequence yes. because as soon as the episode starts, I was like, what the hell's going on? What was going on? What was happening yeah. with this one? Because it literally, the first ten minutes of this episode seems to be really the end of the previous episode. Was the previous episode, is it Azati Prime? I think so. Basically, the previous episode, Enterprise had taken one hell of a pound mm. and they almost destroyed. We, we open in while that space battle is just at the end, yeah. in fact, don't we? Archer was, uh, had tried to make contact, I think, with someone in the Zindi Council and mm. essentially captured. Um, although some of them, I think Degra had managed to persuade the um, reptilians to halt the attack before completely destroying Enterprise. And also managed to get Archer returned to the ship. Mm-hmm. That you know the the ship was in a hell of state. It was mm. smacked about big time. And that is that is great. I mean, it's I can't I can't think of many any other series where the sh- the ship has been in that state apart from Year of Hell. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, and and in Year of Hell, of course, the reset button. <coughs> yes, and I think it yeah sticks. If you listen to our Year of Hell episode not that long back, in fact, you'll you'll under- you'll know that. One of the things we lamented was that we didn't have ongoing storyline that dealt with this. Yeah. So this is kind of kind of cool that we do get this in uh, the Zindi story arc. Yeah. I, I think the, they do a great job of trashing the sets mm. in this episode. It looks fantastic. I love the look of a, of a ship all battered up. And it, in this episode, like every five minutes, uh, something explodes <laughs> and a shower sparks or rocks fall from the ceiling. Yeah. There, there <laughs> I is love a, that. There is a bit actually when they're at the back, the rear of the bridge, and they're having a bit of a meeting, and they get a call from engineering yes. saying, "Oh, there's a power surge and a conduit right above you." So they all sort of duck. literally just a whole bunch of rocks drop from the ceiling. Yes. Who put rocks up in that? <laughs> Why do we put rocks in the ceiling? They, they are in every starship. So they, pack, they pack all the floors and holes and walls with rocks. Yeah. <laughs> engineering to the bridge. We just picked up a surge in the EPS grid on ADEX. Thanks for the warning. Did you like ballast or something? <laughs> it could be yeah. radiation um, shielding. Yeah. Hmm, that's yeah. yeah. Asteroid. Or contraband. Well, yeah. well you've, you've taken all the fun of it by giving us a reasonable explanation. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's non-canon, Gemma. Very excellent. Yeah. Yes, okay, fair enough. I so, expect Ar- nothing less. Archer's um, returned to the ship and he's very grim. He's in sick bay, being patched up, and he's asking how many they lost. I think they say about 15 crew. Which is something I picked up on. You never... I 
Janeway, yes. But how many other captains? I mean, I, I can't imagine um, Picard actually, I don't know, getting into the, 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 the numbers of the people who've been lost. Because mm. there was, there was one episode we watched where he's literally standing next to the corpse of one of his dead crew and it's just like there's nothing there. It's, it's not, mm. it's, it's irrelevant to, the, to the case in hand. There's a point in first in uh, the film First Contact where um, uh, what's her name is it Lily brings him up on the fact that he, you know, he doesn't really seem to care about one of his crew members who, mm. who is an who is a being turned into a yeah. Board. He's, like, mm. he's like, there's no way to help him. You didn't even try. Mm. Mm. But in but yeah, Archer. His first question is it's not like yeah. what's the damage to the ship? Uh, how's this impacted the mission? Yeah, it's like his first question is. Yeah, how many people? Are there? And he's on the list, and you know, you know that he knows every name on that list. But I suppose this yeah. is the first. I mean, I mean, I, I think that is very much his character, but it's also, I guess, the first Wolf Five vessel. It's, mm. it's, it's, a, it's, it's a small, small ship, isn't yeah. it? Yes. yes. That, Whereas Picard's Enterprise yeah. is over a thousand people. I mean, they do get involved in numbers. I think in Q Who when uh, the Borg take a sample out of the saucer mm. and some people are lost then. Yeah, and that's 18 people. Mm. Is it 18 or so? I, d- I don't recall the number, but then I'm not the captain. So <laughs> it's not my job to care. It does feel like an Enterprise, it's very, particularly in season three, it's very much a military mi- operation mm. as well. Oh, it like is, it's, 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 it's different to the, the voyage of exploration that we see in TNG. Yeah. And I think so, we, we see actually that Affects Archer through into the next series that, yeah, um, particularly in the episode Home, um, which I think is the third episode of series four, when he's basically being debriefed from the whole Zindi mission, and he's he laments that it had to become military that they find more aggressive species than they find friends, mm. and you know to an extent his decisions in this episode just factor in in a small way. Uh, luckily, he climbs up a mountain and has sex with another captain, and he's, everything's fine after that. It's good for what ails you. Mountain, check. Intercourse with another captain, check. Yeah, yeah all good now. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't like mountain sex, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Wait, wait a minute, but isn't, it, isn't the rule that you, you take back what you left? You, 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 oh. So well, in this episode, <laughs> oh, yeah, girl, let's not get into to, uh, mountain rules. <laughs> let's let's try let's try stay on topic. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they another ship comes along and they're in a bit of a bad way. They've had some issues with the anomalies in the expanse. Um, and Archer tries to broach deal with them, where he gives them Trellium D for shielding in exchange for a warp coil. They're like, we got enough warp coils. Yeah. We need them to get home. They pretty much say, you could have you could have picked anything else yeah. in the whole ship. Wouldn't you know it? That's the one thing we need. Yeah, that's the one we've got one of them. And the captain of that ship is is It is. Casey Biggs. Yeah. I recognised him. Casey Biggs. Yeah. Um but where were we? I like that the um yeah, so we we meet this ship that's that's kind of in distress and in another in an episode that we would have come across them in like peacetime or something that that could have been the whole story mm. um like they need help yeah they trip would have met them. one of them and mm. caused some sort of folk art <laughs> yeah yeah or maybe uh, got yeah. would have done a wee <laughs> on a sacred console or something yeah. <laughs> uh, but but yeah it's it, it's quite um it's quite brief, and, and but we don't spend a whole lot of time actually. No. We get quite a short scene mm. with them, and then we're then we're off, and the episode's away. Because mm. there's a lot, there's a lot in this episode. We get scenes with the Zindi Council, and we yeah. get um, a lot of scenes with like Paul's <coughs> yes, focus on to Paul's addiction and yeah, her actually, and B addiction. Yeah, we do, We don't. We, it feels like the sort of the A story. Mm. If if there is an A story and. In this episode, if it's not just one, one big ongoing mm. saga as such, it maybe doesn't get quite as much screen time as you mm. might expect, actually. Uh, so, ultimately, um, Archer decides if he can't trade with a warp coil, he will take it by force. Uh, but he does get some information about where the the launch of the Zindi. Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. So they put a ticking yeah. clock on needing to get somewhere quick. 
They're never going to yeah. get there if they don't have a warp core. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and he, Archer, makes that decision quickly. And that, um, that was something I, I, I was... We were talking about this episode, weren't we, mm. Joe? I was saying, there's something that's maybe... like They could have made a bit more of it in this episode. They, they, they don't really... I mean, they have a few scenes where they talk about the repercussions of it and, and the, the, the weight of the... Of the decision that Archer has made but he's made the decision there's no there's we no don't question. get a sort of deliberation over yeah. it and then you kind of made the point where it's like but he doesn't have time yeah. it's like it's a high pressure situation he he makes a decision and he has to stick to it and I think it's, there is a uh, scene with Flux where he where yeah. there's, there's a really but, great scene with yeah. Flux where he talks about this but he's not he, he's, he's not he's questioning gonna, it is it he's, he's no. saying yeah. I have done I am going to do I'm this I'm going to make thing. a decision mm. yeah. I mean, he asked have you ever Done anything? Is, is think, it made it? Have uh, you ever done anything unethical? Unethical, yeah. For the like a greater good or something. I want to know what yeah. those two things he blocks did. And it is a good. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been a doctor? Nearly forty years. And in all that time, did you ever do anything you thought was unethical? Twice. Why? I'm about to step over a line. It is a great scene, and I think it yeah. does. It does kind of, you know, it it it, it does. It, it's a great scene to have before we have we see what happens. Yeah, mm. and actually, I think it. Um, you kind of turned me around on on what I was thinking on that because I think it's maybe the strength of this episode that you kind of expect we'll get a lot of deliberation mm. and stuff, and actually, it's much more interesting that. There isn't time for that, and and when we get that scene with Flux, Archer's talking about he's trying to make peace with that decision. Mm. Yeah. He's he's mm. made it, hasn't he? He's trying. He's sort of trying to. He's trying to feel okay with it, but it's the decision made, and I and I, I like the. Sorry. He he doesn't waver from it actually at all, does he? He's no. he's like I've got to do this. Yeah, I, I imagine in general people often make decisions relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. It's just that they maybe have a bit of time to consider it. Yeah. And, the and then decision. and then they and then do it. Whereas in this case, it's not. It's very quick, isn't it? You mm-hmm. can't. Yeah. You know, he I mean, have a, yeah. You didn't have the time to kind of. There's no other options really. It's. Mm. it's it, it just it, it it is what it is. I mean, I was. I have to admit, I don't. Earlier at the beginning of the episode, you say. That Archer acts like a like a pirate. I I would you know I would disagree there because I would say pirates take stuff for profit. They take it and they sell it and they make money off of it. Whereas in this, I think Archer, th- th- there's nothing else he could do. It, it, the whole point of his mission mm. is to prevent the launch of the Zindi weapon, and this is the only way he's going to do it. And it's a it's a super tough decision. And I I don't. Th- it's not like he wants to do it. It's just. Ultimately, it's that or Earth gets destroyed. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's a, that's how he sees it, I think. And I think he does. I, mean, guess... I think he does the right thing. It's a it's a terrible it's a it's... bad thing to do, but I don't think he has any other I choice. I don't think. Well, it's yeah. interesting because he he asked. Well, no, Trip says to him, doesn't he? In the end, he he did the right thing, and but he no, he didn't. He didn't do the right thing. He did. The necessary, the necessary thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, I mean, you can turn it around and say, well, from the perspective, look at the perspective of that that ship. Who, you yeah. know, mm. if they, if if so, you know, they're they're sort of they get in touch with their, um, you know, command back on their home planet. And they're like, what's happened? They're going to say, we got we got attacked by these pirates, bloody mm. Earth pirates. Mm. They came and robbed us of our of our warp coil and to. You know, from their point of view, they don't they don't care whatever Archer's reasons were. They're like, well, did they give you anything in return? <laughs> yeah, they did, but they, they took a yeah, they put some food on our cargo. <coughs> they gave us supplies. And, uh, okay. Some well, of the food was some of the food was a bit spicy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so because of that, we run out of toilet roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which you know, other alien races, everyone has apparently. <laughs> Not just humans. Everyone has toilet roll, right? Universal. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I don't care what race you are. You've got to poop. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a t-shirt for you. <laughs> yes. That's going on Rick's gravestone. <laughs> it's definitely the episode title. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, this well, is... I suppose that, it, that would be... Uh, yeah, why is Grape... That would be relevant if he died in a, like, a really stupid... Well, he, he might want to be crazy. <laughs> that would be relevant. Don't just... Yeah. But otherwise... Yeah. It, would be, it would be an epitaph to you, whatever. How about I say that? I imagine your parents... You know, your parents saying to you, why... Rick, Rick died really suddenly and tragically. Is this really what he would genuinely have wanted? Yeah. <laughs> which, was, which I understand was very efficient. And we're glad he went that way because of the, because of the efficiency. Oh, good. Fall back really... to a lot of episodes, but yikes. But did he really want this thing about pooping and his, and his gravestone? And I'll say, he didn't say it explicitly, but we made didn't a joke about it. it. Yeah, <laughs> make a joke about it, and he laughed along with us. So, uh, anyway, we're off topic again. Like, a little bit, is, yeah. This is what we do. Um, but yeah, it's a um, it's it's an it's a it's an uncomfortable episode. This one, I mm. think, because uh, it's it's not just that Archer. Um, does something um, makes a decision that's that's really sort of dark and and unethical. He orders everyone else is involved. Mm. He 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 orders the the rest of the crew to attack the ship, and he send he get, he I mean, he leads the away team, who's gonna who are actually gonna go in there and shoot the shoot people, mm. but. He, he, you know, trip. Is it trip that goes along with him? And trip does. Oh, he does the yeah, yeah. and some makeos. So this isn't a decision he's that affects only him. Um, the, the you know the morality of this vision, this decision bleeds down into the rest of the. the but it is their well. is their mission. It is their mission to save yeah. Earth and prevent the try and prevent the launch of the Zindi weapon. And mm. I, I do, I do agree. I, I think Jim put it best when he said it's the necessary thing mm. to do, but. Mm. But this is their mission. It it reminds me of, it reminds me of, um, when, um, when Picard's talking to Q about after the events of Q Who, and he says, oh, um, I th- I think we could have learned this lesson without the loss of eight, of like eighteen of our mm. crew. And so mm. If you don't want to, like, I can't remember exactly what he says, but he, he says, if you can't take a little bloody nose, maybe you ought to go back home and crawl under your bed. It's not safe out here. It's wondrous, with treasures to satiate desires both subtle and gross. But it's not for the timid. Space is dangerous, and mm. you're, it's an incredibly dangerous mission. And something, if it fails, that's it. Earth yeah. will be destroyed. So I think it's it's a bit of an indulgence to say. I mean, I I, I understand that it. It's something that we don't normally see mm. this kind of yeah. character do, but but it's a tough job being a captain of a ship. Yeah, I mean, if imagine if we transplanted this scenario into any other time, when in any other war, and and they were given a mission to do, you wouldn't question how they do their mission. It's just they have the mission to do, don't they? It's mm. just, it's just how things are. I, mm. I I think if anything, it's great to it's great that we got to see this episode because it does show a character having to do something that they probably never expected that they had to do but being yeah. able but being able to do it and not and not kind of not worrying too much and realizing that they had to make the decision quickly and making that decision mm. i did one thing i really like about this episode is that they don't find a way to uh kind of weasel out of it like they don't they don't have a you know, um, they could have had it that Archer's made this decision that he's going to go through with it, and then at the last minute they find another way, and they have like a bit of the yeah, Archer. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and at the end, Archer, we could have had a scene where Archer was like, you, you know what, I would have gone through with it, I would have done it, and what kind of person would I have been if I'd have done that? But no, we don't, we, we get an episode where there isn't a and, and, you know, a, a magic solution, and he doesn't have to make this horrific decision. He does have to make it, and he, and he does it. And I think that that that's really interesting. I like that they, you know, it, it took some real stones to to kind of see that story through. I thought it was, um, mm. so it was great, kind of from a storytelling point of view. 
um, to do that. So maybe not something Star Trek always does. No, I mean, I think I've, maybe our biggest comparison would be in the Pale Moonlight, <coughs> where Cisco yes. commits questionable acts in order to bring the um, Romulans into the war. Mm-hmm. I think that's sorry, but I I I think I think morally that's worse than what Arjun did, because because <coughs> excuse me, sorry. That's because yeah. Archer has a mandate and Cisco doesn't. Well, Cisco does mandate, have a mandate. A mandate he has to win the war. A mandate is an is a official instruction, not like a. <laughs> He's off to the prompt. <laughs> 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 Sorry for yeah. interrupting. He had a few <laughs> mandates for Garrett, and then what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Don't let Garrett preferred Bashir. Um, but but and I I would argue that it's not. Um, the the thing is that. Um, Cisco makes a decision that's kind of it's kind of on him and it's sort of in secret. Whereas, mm. whereas Archer's decision, he's ordering other yeah. people into. Mm. The he brings team. everyone in on it. Yeah, yeah. So when it, I, I feel like Archer's, they, I mean, uh, both of them are like morally, like <clears throat> on the line, sort of dark, questionable, and mm. you know they're doing the the necessary thing in that situation. But if. if Maybe Archer's is is a little bit worse. I I I disagree. I think Cisco's. I think I think Cisco's is worse because Cisco's is. It's questionable that it would work. You know, you Mm. you doesn't know that it's going to work. Is he's taking a chance on that action? Whereas it's a very simple Mm. equation with with um, Archer's Mm. actions. If Cisco's Cisco's decision sets into sets in place a course of events that lead to murder yeah whereas and whilst it's very likely that if the Romulans hadn't joined joined in the war on the side of the, the Federation Klingon Alliance it would have it would have resulted in defeat you don't quite know that whereas if if Enterprise hadn't got to the point where it did it, the Zindi weapon would have launched and destroyed Earth so I think <coughs> I, I, yeah, I, I think I, I think Cisco is is more morally hazy at least. I'm inclined to feel that Archer had to make a decision under a time crunch. Mm. He really had very little time, and it is like literally, I'm up against it. If I don't make this, the whole thing's going to fall apart. Whereas Cisco, yes, things were looking bad. Casualty lists were coming in. The war was not going well by any stretch. But it, they were hardly on the brink of defeat. Mm. And actually, only a few episodes previous, when um, Bashir had had those other genetically engineered uh, people on board, and they'd come up with with an unquestionable calculation that the Federation would be defeated, and they ought to surrender to minimise loss of life. Cisco's like, well, fuck that. We'll fight mm. to the bitter end if it comes to it. Um, so he's like, he's, he's willing to go down fighting, but only up to a... Suddenly he's like, We've got to make this decision. You don't have to make that decision right now. Yeah. You need to take some time and consider this. And actually, the Romulans weren't against you; they just weren't with you. So it wasn't a massive time crunch. And but you it, maybe but, need but, to. But you say that, but how many people are dying? A lot, yeah. All the way through making that decision. In the pale moonlight, hinges on those casualty lists. Mm. Seeing yeah. all those names come up all, all the time, we see that that's his. Mm. That's the that's his thing that drives yeah. him into and it, don't we? Archer, Archer, at this point. Is, is deep in enemy territory, yeah. whereas whereas mm. Cisco is making his decisions mm. from, from, just, from Deep Space Nine. The whole the whole that episode feels like it's a real really desperate episode as well because mm. the ship is absolutely trashed. Mm. Yeah, um, they're they're on there, uh, and we we un, you know they're, they're isolated. They've got no support from anywhere. Whereas Cisco it, sat in the relative comfort yeah, of the station and touched yeah. his activity. If any, it, it's. It's almost a planned assassination mm. of someone. Yeah, like it ends up being a planned assassination. It is a planned, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Cisco's. Well, I mean, Cisco wasn't thinking assassination. Cisco was sat there willing for, um, willing to take the hit when Vreenap went back and said, actually, this Captain Cisco tried to pull a fast one and, and tell me the Dominion were going to turn on us mm. with this yeah. fake optimistic data. I mean, it was, it was Garrett that was Garrett, Garrett did it was Garrett that planted yeah. the bomb, but. As soon as, as, soon Cisco, as Cisco, Cisco brings Garrick into that, he yeah. should have perceived party to that. Yeah, and you could he, argue he knew Garrick was a yeah. wild card and unpredictable. Yeah. You could argue Cisco, Cisco doesn't get his hands dirty directly. 
Archer does. Archer leads the away team mm. to, you know, to go and shoot these people who've done nothing wrong. I mean, Presumably, yeah, they are stunning, they are them, stunning them, I would hope. One of them could have got hit and fallen over and bumped his head. <laughs> or have a heart condition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, there's no guarantee that... To stun. <laughs> yeah. And there's also the fact that as <laughs> Archer acknowledges it will be hard for them in that three years. Mm. There's every chance that not all that crew make it and there will be deaths because of Archer's actions. They could be attacked. And they mm. can't run away. Exactly. Yeah. And they're not heavily armed. Yeah. So, you know, he, he knows that decision could lead to mm. deaths. Um, but, yeah, it's... I mean, it's there is big differences, I think. As we say, not, there's the time crunch. There's the issue. Right? The Archer's, Archer doesn't have casualty lists pouring in, but he's got 15 deaths mm. of his crew there. He's got a ship that's falling apart around him. And those 15 deaths are really... They're personal to him because they're... That's his ship, mm. and those people were and under him. And there's such a small crew complement because of the size of the ship. He probably knows yeah. each and every. He's met all of them at some point. So it's hmm. it's kind of, in a way, you kind of think, well, it's the captain's made a bad decision, so you compare it to in the pale moonlight. But also, it's very, very different. I mean, mm. obviously, they structure it massively differently. In the pale moonlight, has a has a beautiful structure. Um, Cisco recounts all events after the fact. Whereas you're very much in the action as it occurs with uh, damage. Yeah, and a um, ton of other things are going on mm, in damage as well. Yeah, and also in the Pale Moonlight is almost like Cisco Garrick's seducing Cisco or trying to mm. into committing. It's like it's as much as much as Cisco wants to try and tip the scales and, and tip the balance of the war. I think there's an element that sort of, like Garrick enjoys pulling Cisco into the dark side a little bit. Mm. He enjoys messing with it. I like or bringing or bring that side out of people. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's it's almost embodied in that moment in in the Pale Moonlight when um Quark says thank you, Captain. Thank you for restoring my faith in the ninety eighth rule of acquisition. Every man has his price. Mm. Because he, he literally has to bribe Quark. Um but yeah, the uh, the other big difference is there's no one to oppose Cisco because he does do it in secret. No one, no one says, "Hang on, this is this this is a questionable activity at best." Yeah, he doesn't have to justify it to anyone. Whereas in himself. in Damage, mm. T'Pol is that voice that says, Absolutely. "Fucking hell!" Yeah, you can't does. go around being a fucking space pirate. But I do feel that that voice, that counter argument, is massively diminished by the fact that everyone's like. Well, Tapal's just emotional because she's, she's on withdrawal. She's just whacked yeah. up on goofballs. Yeah. Well, she's not whacked up on yeah. goofballs. She needs yeah. goofballs. Yeah. And I just, yeah. Goofballs D. There's, a, there's <laughs> yeah. a part of me that thought, I would love yeah. for this to be played out with Tapal being at, you know, at full strength, to be able to yeah. make rational, logical arguments. And yeah. that is... Isn't it logical if you, if you need to get somewhere... So that's like, the thing. Yeah, sorry. No. Yeah. no. I'm just agreeing with you, but I'm... I'm yeah, talking over you. No, it's so right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the man is right. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but it's, but like, it's logical if you need to get somewhere by 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 a certain time and you have a means to do it, you do it. Mm. It is incredibly logical act that he's. That yeah, but well, where do you draw the line on that? I mean, if 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 he's just late for the dentist, he's not going to go and kill a bunch of people not, and take their warp coil. It's not thing, moral, but it is logical. Exactly. Another thing I was thinking is that imagine imagine if there was that this. You could have a sort of a flipped Kobayashi Maru scenario where this you have to you have to have you have this scenario mm. you have like the arch scenario mm. where you have to do this thing. Now the I would be archer scenario. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like it. And it's a, and it's a test and it's a test of and it's a test of of, of Starfleet cadets to, to to do that to make that tough decision to mm. to to. to do something you don't want to do <laughs> that you know is wrong, and then, but but leads to success in the mission. Yeah, in a life and death scenario. And then they go, hmm, put that on their file. <coughs> Quite happy to commit piracy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Independent thought a lot. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Yeah. It's not piracy. They're not, they're not making profit from it. They just they say. Aren't this. they? But I get. But you don't know what else they took. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <clears throat> but for, from the perception of the the ship that got boarded, yeah. I guess that for all, mm. that's how they would. Exp- that's 
what pirates would do. I One guess person's military action like, could be another person's piracy. Exactly. And if you look, yeah. if you look at the Buccaneers in Elizabethan times, Elizabethan true. Times, no, look at true. them. Look at them. Look yeah. right at them. They yeah. were they yeah. were sanctioned by the yeah. state. Mm. Privateers, weren't they? Privateers, yeah. They were a tool of war. Anyway, carry on. It felt like to me the the point. Felt like Damage was trying to say. Um, you know, maybe try and maybe draw a parallel to sort of modern, you know, military decisions mm. and actions, and and try and put yourself in a, like an incredibly difficult position that you probably don't. If this if this decision was really made in a sort of a modern sort of war scenario, we probably wouldn't hear about it. Mm. Um, and I get, it feels like the episode is is sort of saying. You know what? What would you do? Uh, put put yourself in in this scenario. P- people have to make these sort of unethical decisions every day, and it's that's that's kind of the reality of war. And maybe that the episode's mm. sort of saying that that's that's what they're at war, and it's yeah. yeah I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's a it's a gutsy. It was a gutsy move mm. for for Enterprise to do an episode. I think like it's that. one of the key strengths that, and what the things that I always wanted from Enterprise is to show that the bridge between uh, humanity, as we sort of know it, and going towards the Federation with as the potential sort of. Mm. High level, yeah. The 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 best the society can be mm. is not an easy one to make. Yeah, and you kind of draw into that question. Um, at what point do you draw the line where you say, if I have to compromise my morals to save us, what is the, is it worth saving? Because if we can't be a moral yeah. society, why 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 preserve us? Kind of thing. It's the mm. whole like, if you have to burn the village to save it, is it worth saving? Mm. Kind yeah. Of thing. And that's, you know, as you say, if they wouldn't have done it in TNG, they wouldn't have had a point where Picard would have made that decision because that was that would not fit in with the the um, the stance that they had on yeah. the Federation. Yeah. That's where, but there's a point where thought experiments fail, isn't it, mm. in, in the field? You kind of had that that's line there. Yeah. At what point yeah. do you go from we, 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 are a, we are a great society and we will uphold our values to... We're Section Thirty One, and we will compromise every value to preserve the society. Yeah. But, but, but how do? But who is telling us that we're a great society? Well, yes. Well, that, that and, and we're aspiring know, to be. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, everything. I mean, I mean, yeah. sacrifice permeates every society. I think. I, I don't. Mm. Nothing comes without some sort of sacrifice. There's always something going on where someone's losing out and someone's doing better, and it's. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think, I, I, I think you can get to a point where you, 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 you think too much about what it is to be, and a lot, a lot of the, a lot of, a lot of how society, you know, exists is in doing, mm. and doing and, and and the performing of acts, and a lot of which are not very nice, but they, mm. you know. Well, this, I mean, this, this is what why I enjoy stuff like DS Nine and Enterprise is because they show that. That clean antiseptic vision of perfection that Roddenberry sort of put forward is great, but also I think there's a massively brilliant story and drama opportunity to show stuff like in Deep Space Nine is like, but to keep that going, we can't always be so clean. And in Enterprise, yeah. to get there, we haven't always been so clean. And yes, he had no yeah. other choice. I, I completely agree. He, he had no other choice because it was literally the death of his own race. Mm. But the fact that he afterwards he lamented it that he he felt you know that he struggled to do it because he knew what he was doing was going to endanger other people, and he he but he made the decision anyway. Yeah. But it it he, it had cost. It had cost to him and his is the way he wanted it to be, mm. and yeah. the whole Zindi mission did, and we see that in home particularly. I think that's one of the strengths as well. Um, yeah. It feels like it really sort of comes down to a to a practical decision, and maybe maybe Archer was able to kind of to kind of just look at the not look at the big picture, but just look at bring it down to like a really really sort of simple decision and say, look, I'm in this situation. The one thing I can do to get to this point, we we need warp power. 
the only way I can we can get warp power is with a warp coil. Therefore, the only option, the only option mm. that we found to get a warp coil is this ship. Mm. He doesn't have the, he doesn't have the luxury of choice. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I I think that that's right. It comes down, you know, you can boil it right down mm. to that's his only choice. Um, it's that or do nothing. Mm. Those are his those are his options, and he can't he can't do nothing because the consequences of that are potentially yeah. And also, you know, he's you know. he's kind of you know he's Degra and people and the Zindi have helped. Have, they they're doing stuff too. They need him to be there. Mm. Don't they? It's not mm. just it's not something that he's complete that the Enterprise is doing by themselves to get somewhere. If they needed yeah. to, to be there, they, they should have called that attack off before the walk was fucked. Mm. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. Idiots. They, fu- they fucked the walk co- yeah. coil in the first place. Yeah, why couldn't they have come and helped? Yeah, instead of just sending him back, they could have sent a little a pot of walk coil in there. Yeah, it wouldn't have been a good episode. <laughs> true. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, it would have been a really disappointing episode. But um, yeah, no, it's, 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 there's a lot of ways you look at it. I think. Um, but if, it, if I've got a regret about it, it's that I wish. Topol had been able to mount a bigger and better argument against him. Mm, yeah, but I just yeah. think she was hampered. And, you know, her addiction storyline has its own merits, but I just think at that point it 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 didn't add to Archer's dilemma. And I think Archer's dilemma is the meat of the drama. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think we, we got a lot of time with, with Topol and her... Mm. her that may, did, did her storyline about her addiction have to climax in that episode mm. could it have could it have come in a different episode so we had a bit more time with but it then, but then I, I think what, harking back to a discussion we had about another episode where they could spend they were they were uh, mulling over a single subject all the way through that episode and they had mm. a lot of discussion about it and a lot of the weighing up of the of the two sides to the argument it was great and it was a wonderful episode and it was great for that episode but that is not what is happening in this particular episode yeah they don't have time to discuss it he has to make that decision and any other argument is irrelevant mm-hmm. because this has to happen now so mm-hmm. um you they they can't spend time on the counter argument because they've got to get on and do it and there's no uh, it is a shame that that she she was <clears throat> she, she was just um, di- uh, dismissed through being over emotional. Once you rationalize the first misstep, it's easy to fall into a pattern of behavior. I'm not rationalizing anything. I know full well what I'm doing. I can't justify this course of action. We don't have a choice. I won't let you do it. I apologize. What's happening to you? It's been a difficult few days. I haven't had the time to meditate. Maybe you should find the time. Hmm. Because yeah. um, I, I, I think the time there was there. Yeah. Because it happened. Mm-hmm. I just, I just wish that Trillium D story hadn't intersected at that point. Yeah. Because I would have liked that. But it was too easy to dismiss her, and I'd rather Archer hadn't. Yeah, but mm. I agree. But how lot, how much would they have had to spend time on that decision then? I don't because know. I just she make, would, just she just just have, just she, she should just looked agonised. She just pulled a few more agonised faces. <laughs> he was, <laughs> yeah, he was pulling plenty of agonised faces. Yeah, he had more grim tell, faces. You could tell he wasn't happy, but but the point of the episode wasn't that they had that they could mull over this decision mm. yeah I guess that's it that it was like the decision had been made mm. and that's that's and that's really and it's the aftermath of that decision it's it's I just, it, I the think it would have made in itself that it's yeah. about I just think it would have been also been interesting for, interesting for T'Pol's character to be able to oppose him on this mm. and it not be because this could have continued, but yeah, you know, it's kind of learned after that. It's not really a thing anymore because they, she's. Have they been in opposition regularly for? Yeah. It's not, it's not as if that would be the one time she would oppose him. Oh no, no, not at all. I just think at this point it would have been. I just, uh, I just feel it was a bit. 
easy to dismiss. Yeah. She, she she was the one voice of dissent, and I feel it was easy to ignore. Yes. Because yeah. of the other uh, yeah. storyline at that point. That's all. I think in season two or two, she was more of a sort of a Spock-esque yes. Vulcan, where she sort of yeah. was slightly alien to the humans and kind of growing to like them and. And and it would be more it would, the the conflict would be more uh, how a Vulcan reacts to a human and how uh, the interaction between yeah. those two species. Whereas season three is like a whole pretty much a the war mm. war story the whole mm. way through. And but she wasn't she wasn't depicted as being um, wrong in her over over emotionality, no. was she? Mm. It's just. I think we had two series of everyone being like, oh, it's a Polner Vulcan thing, mm. but we're doing this now. And then we get to a sort of quite a, a meaty issue, mm. and it's then like, we're not, we, we can now dismiss her because she's withdrawing from a, a yeah, substance addiction. Yeah, sure. I, I just feel, in a way, that's kind of a disservice to her character, sure. continuing to be able to find ways to dismiss DePaul's point. Yeah. On the other hand, it felt like they were able to mine. They they made it a really dramatic scene because she was she was emotional. She mm. smashed the pad. Yeah. Uh, in in um, Archer's trashed quarters. Mm. Um, so like it, it was a really sort of visceral kind of emotional mm. scene that I guess mm. we wouldn't have had with Tapol <clears throat> if she had her emotions in check. True. Uh, but but maybe that. Feels like maybe that they went for that for the for for drama rather than for mm. uh, you know emotionally that scene works mm. but yeah like you say it would have been good to have more debate mm. um, but how do we so, uh, we how do we think this this decision compares with with other decisions that that captains have had to make that are sort of morally and ethically questionable so we've looked at. Um, in the pale moonlight, Cisco and Rick. I know you. Um, you watched uh, Equinox recently. Mm, uh, I did. Yeah, I, I watched it. I watched it today. In fact, ah, which for, for our listeners is a while ago. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, and in that, I would say, um, but in, in in that two parter, the Voyager encounters the Equinox captain by mm. Captain Ransom, which has been in. The Delta Quadrant a bit longer than Voyager. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting the impression. Maybe a, a little while longer. Yeah, because Voyager really... blew the caretaker up, so she she was the last ship pulled through. Mm. Mm. So I and I and I would say the Equinox is in a pretty similar state to how uh, Enterprise is. In, she smashed up. She smashed up. A lot of crew have been killed. Um, and I think though you don't see it in Equinox, you kind of see it in the aftermath. There may must have been points in that journey where ran where the captain Captain Ransom was, you know, looking at his ship, smashed up, looking at the amount of crew that he'd lost. And he's got to have been feeling very similar to Archer in many ways. Because they had a... In that episode, they say that they... You find out that their first week in the Delta Quadrant was pretty bad. Mm. Like they were running from the Crotonan Guard, I yeah. think. Or like a pretty... A race that would, that um, didn't like people being... Uh, aliens yeah. being in their territory. And Captain Ransom made the decision to stay, I think, mm. to get home. And that led to them being attacked, and yeah. So I mean, in that episode, it turns out they they had an encounter with some aliens from another realm, and one of them died. And it turns out that in their when they die, they they sort of vitrify into into fuel, basically, or they can yeah. be converted into fuel that makes their warp engines. It, it, it's, I don't know exactly what they do, but it basically means they can get home really fast. Yeah. So they've been killing and harvesting these aliens, and. And so I suppose differently to to damage is that is that through through an accident the captain Captain Rudy Ransom has decided to carry on doing that. He's mm. made a personal decision. Um, he he's he's viewed he's viewed the starship rulebook. He's he's interpreted the starship sorry the Starfleet rulebook. To justify what he's doing, mm. I would say, because they yeah. talk about that in part two, I think. Um, uh, no, maybe in part one, because they're deciding who gets to, who. The, in part one, they get they they're talking about who gets to which captain has the, is in charge basically. Right. It's easy to cling to principles when you're standing on a vessel with its bulkheads intact, manned by a crew that's not starving. It's never easy, but if we turn our backs on our principles, we stop being human. I'm putting an end to your experiments. And you are hereby relieved of your command. I mean, Janeway says, well, 
uh, the more powerful the captain of the, the the more powerful better equipped vessel is in charge so Voyager is and then in part two I think Captain Ransom cites regulations at Janeway saying that in a in a, in, a, in a certain event the captain is entitled is allowed to do whatever he feels necessary in order mm. to protect his crew I think so so I think Captain Ransom is he is viewing that he's doing whatever it, it takes to get his crew home but that does involve murder so I think yeah. it's different from damage in so much as Captain Ransom is making up his own rules he doesn't mm. have that kind of it's, it's less it's less attached to a proper mission it's, it, the mission yeah. is his mission rather than with Archer I think Archer is on a mission that has been assigned to him he has that outside kind of Mandate. Mandate. Yeah. Suppose in damage, it's Archer's making a sort of a quick short-term decision. It's like mm. one thing that they have to do, uh, and then it's done, and that enables them to do a big thing. Whereas an equinox, <coughs> it's a long-term decision. Yeah, isn't it? and uh, Captain, yeah, Captain Ransom is he's acting out of desperation. He's, yeah. I, and it, but and, he and, does and, have other options. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. You, you're absolutely right. He does. But you do get the sense that it's someone that's kind of... He's just gotten too used to doing the bad things that he's doing mm. and they become... They become... Commonplace. Yeah, like like um, like old leather. Like 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 Picard <laughs> says in The Wounded. Um, but yeah, and but, but interestingly, uh, in part two of Equinox, uh, Janeway goes a bit rogue because she decides to mm. hunt down... Captain Ransom and, and yeah, um, so she, so she sort of she sort of starts doing her own mission. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Rick, Rick was taking a picture. Well, we, so we I thought, were. I thought it was a... <laughs> no, sorry, we were just striking <laughs> we were a pose. Right, yeah. sorry. Um, well, this will be great for the audio <laughs> medium of podcasting. So yeah, so the picture. Oh. That's yeah. what that's when they just happened. Yeah, in about eight weeks when this episode <laughs> yeah. comes up. So yeah, in part two of Equinox, it's Janeway that's almost the the rogue captain, mm. um, mm. and and to the extent that she she puts Chakotay in, she relieves him of his duties as first officer. Yeah, yeah. Um, she but, does not take kindly to people telling her she's going off the rails. Exactly. Mm. No, no. Which we've seen well every time anyone tells yes. her she's going yeah. off the rails. <laughs> There's literally no episode where she takes kindly to that. Yeah, <laughs> Captain, I was just thinking <clears throat> in the brick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, mean, I, I think that I think that Equinox is, in terms of the, what Captain Ransom does, is a bit different from Damage. In in that regard, in in that I th- I think Archer had more clear instructions, and what he was yeah. doing was more in line with his mission. Whereas yeah. whereas Captain Ransom. It was just getting he, home. He, he, yeah. he kind of created his own mission, basically, and justified murder through, mm. through, through the need to get his crew home. And and and, and he makes his reasons for doing that are, are reasonable, like running out of not eating for six days, yeah. running out of yeah, pretty much everything being broken, mm. um, on a, on a Nova class ship, which they which they quite regularly say it's not designed for deep space missions no. it's designed for planetary research yeah mm. so you can understand why this person has done this thing and and done this terrible thing but but it's different for martin because i think his hit what he does is more in line with his instructions and why he is there mm. yeah what about i was i was just thinking about um discovery are there any can we think of any sort of Ethically, ethical decisions that are, that are um, that are in any way comparable to well, Archer's decision in damage. What about yes. when they kind of evolve the? That's what the I was thinking. Oh, yeah. And then my problem with that was like, actually, a kind of a a weakness of that episode is that they they don't actually really focus on the the actual moral and ethical no. implications of that and the Prime Directive we, stuff. We, and I mean, we dis- discussed this, I think, at some length on our Prime Directive episode. Yeah. Um, there's a brief mention of contact the Kelpians being okayed or at mm. Captain's discretion. Wouldn't that be a violation of General Order 1? Though the Kelpians aren't warp-capable, they've seen warp-capable technology through the Bayul and they know about space flight. First contact with the Kelpians by Starfleet is a judgment call 
But our mission to investigate these signals would seem to require it. We can stretch General Order 1, but let's try not to break it in the process. But the fact they changed the course of their entire species, well, both species, both the Kelpins mm. and Maul, by their interference, no one, no one bats an yeah. eyelid at that. And I'm kind of like, whoa, that's a fairly big one. I mean, yeah, you, could you argue can argue that's... benefits for the Kelpins, and you can argue, actually, there, that there was a change that had occurred... Both races are on that one planet, yes. and that change is part of their own evolution. Yeah. Mm. For us to go back and undo that, by us, I mean the, yeah. the <laughs> Discovery crew. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is how close I feel to Discovery. I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's hard to compare those I, two I hold decisions. The jackets. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to. <laughs> Oh, that's a reference to um, something we picked up in um, Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan, where there are crew members who literally hold the jackets for the away. That's that whole job. <laughs> that would be our job. <laughs> we were on the ship. That's what we'd be doing. Funnily enough, it came up earlier today at home. Um, my wife was commenting on how um, how many arguments she has to diffuse between her children, mm. and I said, "Oh, you." If we, were, if we lived on a starship, you'd be like a brilliant diplomatic officer. And then I explained to her that our, about a conversation and point out hey, she'd be the diplomatic officer and I would be the jacket officer. <laughs> Surely you should just use the Captain Picard method of diffusing an argument and say... Go to the holodeck. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So in this room, there are no arguments. All disputes are... What is it? Oh um, yeah, he says that in one of the um, it, one of the Wax on a Try episodes, yeah. doesn't he? he? He says something which is yeah. He just sort of says, ah, there's this you know, basically there's no arguments in this room. Arguments over. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a Starfleet tradition that at social gatherings disputes are not permitted. I hereby declare, therefore, all disagreements resolved. Is that, what? Is that in Haven? <laughs> when yes. Yeah, I think re- it is. The wedding rehearsal. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. good. It's like, I kept, but it, I kept but thinking I should remember that for when I <laughs> when I hear arguments. <laughs> it's basically Picard throws out some bullshit and somehow it lands. <laughs> the thing is, there's always a, there's always a data there to say, please continue the petting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, anyway. Um, but yeah. So, uh, what about um, uh, what about Picard? Does Picard have any sort of? This is the thing about Picard. As much as I love TNG, and I will always adore them, probably more than anything else, because that's the Star Trek I got into. Mm. Picard always, always has the moral high ground. Yeah. yeah. There's never a point where you think, "Hang on, Jean Luc, what what are you on about here?" Is it because he is in such a privileged position? Yeah. He never mm. has I think to make so. He's not. That. He's not in the position that Archer is. He's never no. placed no. in a position no. like that, or in the position that Cisco is in. He never has to face the, that kind of a scenario, does yeah. he? Yeah. I mean, even like the the most desperate at, at time is, I think, when facing the Borg. Mm. But there's never a question about moral superiority no. or anything. It never comes up. Yeah. You know, we we look at something like insurrection. He'll go against the um, the Federation. Council, but he you, you know all the time he's morally correct he yeah. is he's in the right so there's not really ever any i don't think because ever faced a thing where he's had to make a decision he's literally been forced into a decision that is not really the a good one for his moral yeah. and ethical sense and it's just never happened i mean we may see this in the picard series we may go a little bit deeper and darker who knows so yeah. um uh it, it can be kind of quite interesting to see him face that sort of a challenge, I think. Yeah. How's about with, um, uh, what's his name, the Borg? You know, oh, oh, um, um, oh, Hugh. Hugh. Is there uh, anything yeah, in Hugh? Yeah, maybe, actually. Maybe that's, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, all right, that, there we go. Yeah, because yeah. he was willing to send that, that, that virus back with Hugh, who was willing to yeah. use him to infect the Borg, and... I mean, ultimately, he 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 takes the morally correct decision. Mm. Although, but they're not in such a desperate situation. They've had one Borg invasion yeah. two years previously, and there's no impending one. And I know he later in descent he says he was here in this room. I had the opportunity to rid the Federation of a mortal threat. It's like yeah, but by that point, it's now nearly four years since the last the, the only Borg invasion. Mm. It's like it's not like this is an ongoing war, and you are in the. You're not in a desperate. You're not 
in a Cisco Dominion Ward level desperate situation, you're not in an Archer's Indy Arc desperate situation. You've you met the Borg three times. Mm. You know, it's it's not Yes, every time you've been pretty bloody desperate and crazy, but you are not in that situation then. You're not pushed. Yeah. And I think if if the situation had been different, if there were twenty Borg cubes bearing down on Earth and infecting Hugh and sending him back was a thing if you got that done in the next ten hours you could save Earth, otherwise mm. it's gone. Yeah. Would yeah. he have made that same decision? That's it, I think. I think that would be that would make it uh, sort of a direct comparison mm. with the decision Archer makes yeah. the damage. But yeah, that's right. He he was willing to make a decision out, out of mm. out of anger, out of you know, because the Borg had put him through something. Yeah. But he kind of wondered would yeah, it's kind of that's the nearest, it's, though. It's I think it yeah, is. I think, yeah, I think that is the nearest. Yeah. I, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, I think that's it. That's the that's the the closest sort of. Mm. And Picard almost does make the decision. He he almost does take the take the decision to um, yeah, to to sort of send that that virus yeah. into the mm. bog, doesn't he, and wipe out that species? But he but Guinan talks him out of it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting though, actually. Picard is the one who almost made a questionable decision out of anger, whereas mm. the captains we've discussed so far almost made a questionable decision, or did make a question out of desperation. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Would mm. his decision have led to genocide? If he'd have made that decision, or would it yeah. not have... Would have devastated them, but not to the point of genocide? Well, my, my, my feeling on that is, we see in Descent that a Borg ship was affected and the whole Borg thing had been cut off. Mm. But we then see in First Contact and Voyager, the collective as a whole, are fairly unfazed by it all. Mm. So I think yeah. it would not have led no. to genocide because I think had he sent that virus back, they would have cut that off the same way they cut off Hughes' individuality and just sort of, whatever they did, isolate that ship from the collective yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, would let, they would eventually have led isolate mm. Mm. the ships that they affected. So I think the idea that that would have destroyed the Borg is maybe a little bit optimistic <laughs> on the yeah, cruise path. It, it, it is an attempt at genocide. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they, yeah. They, they, the they believed it could have. Yeah. So, so the decision in terms of the moral the mm. moral weight of the decision, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, a, yeah. It's, it's, it's not a great move. Uh, yeah, that's kind of an interesting point, actually. But yeah, it remains to be seen what, what decisions you may be faced with in the future. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, indeed. Um, feels like we're at a logical point to end this yeah. discussion. Yeah. So end this um, yeah. <laughs> I did put a poll out on Twitter for this one again. Yeah. So I'm just going to have a quick look over the results. I don't think on this one I got many um, many sort of write-in suggestions. So um, so I asked in the poll what people's uh, favourite Captain Gone Bad episode was. And the choices that I gave were In the Pale Moonlight, Damage, as we discussed, Equinox, and The Wounded. Uh, and interestingly, Damage came last. Oh. 6% of the votes. Okay. Then The Wounded with 9%. Surprised me, I thought The Wounded is yeah. a Yeah, Wounded is a brilliant yeah. episode. But then Equinox is also a brilliant two partner, and that got yeah. 24% of the votes. And once again, our clear winner was 62%. Is the pale moonlight? Yeah, yeah. not massively surprising. No, so I think I voted on that poll. I voted for in the pale moonlight. <gasps> mm. I know. Are you allowed to? I don't know. It's the best known one, perhaps. Yeah. Well, it's a great, it's it's great episode, just... isn't it? I no, no. I mean, it's also good. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not saying it's not that good. But it does have. But it does have. I mean, I know that in the pale moonlight has a is a fan favorite. We do. We do seem to mention it every other episode yeah. of our podcast I think <laughs> I think that comment is a fake <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned the wounded uh, yeah, on our own right episode didn't we so we yeah. mentioned yes. wounded before yes anyway in the interest of bringing in uh, a 10 backward podcast episode at under <laughs> one hour let's end it here <laughs> goodbye <laughs> I love you guys. Bye. Love you. Bye. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much. Do you realize how incredible this is? It's tradition. You ever noticed that bum? What?
Oh, no! I will say... I will say... Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self-indulgence. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.loweredexradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at 10backward, 10 being the number and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10backward podcast. You can also email us at crew at loweredexradio.co.uk. On a personal, individual level, my Twitter is at Will Turland. Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekFanRick. And Rick Palmer's Twitter is at Mr. Imhotep. Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund our ongoing projects like uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content uh, you can go look at this at patreon.com forward slash loweredexradio uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us we would love if you could subscribe to us or however get your podcast through iTunes, Stitcher Google Play or we're on various third party apps and if you could leave us a review on any of those that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative Thanks again for listening, and please tune in for more podcasts from the 10 Backward Crew. Let's make sure that history never forgets the name. 10 Backward? Laddie, don't you think you should rephrase that? 10 Backward. 10 Backward. I know full well what I'm doing. I can't justify this course of action. We don't have a choice. I won't let you do it!